Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Cat Podcast, brought to you by the Corporate America Project. I'm Daniel, and uh, alongside me, very special guest, uh, we got Baby Joe. Some might know you as know him as John Livermore. Those of you who've been around for a while know he's Jonathan Livermore. But my little brother is in the studio. Baby Joe, how's it going? It's good. Pleasure to be here. Happy to finally make it on the podcast. I know you would have thought that my only brother would have made it on the podcast in the two years that we've been doing this, but uh, you know, we had a strict must graduate from college rule or have a real corporate job rule, but uh, COVID has thrown that out the window because sometimes you just got to make the most of the uh, opportunities that present themselves. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on that? Yeah, no, no, I guess I kind of get there with uh being close to graduation a semester away and got a job down the pipeline so I'll say I'm halfway to qualifying but you know happy to be here nonetheless yeah it's it is what it is well here we are guys uh like I said interesting times not going to be a normal episode none of them have been normal this year but we'll take that as it is still recovering from the news of our beloved Grant Stiller getting engaged um we're happy for him it's going to be a blast and that in itself is just a content factory whether Grant wants it to be or not it's just gonna be a content factory for I don't want to say in perpetuity but at least until they get married oh, for sure. or at least the week after when we have the recap episode <laughs> break down everything that happened there <laughs> yeah we're gonna have live we're gonna have a live podcast from Grant's wedding oh wow wow I just came up with that right now but uh, that's beside the point but we're today we're just gonna you know in the season of the holidays you know, we have already overcome Thanksgiving. Around the time this podcast releases, those of the Jewish faith will begin their eight crazy nights of Hanukkah. And uh, we are weeks away from Christmas and the new year. So we're just in the season of holidays, festive. We're just kind of making the most of uh, the time that we have. And so this episode is going to do really nothing for uh, for you besides just listening to baby Joe and getting the perspective of kind of what it's like to be in college during COVID. Um, most of our listeners are out of college. Some might have been in college for a little bit of this, but uh, that's just where we're going to go. That's the angle we're going to get. Does that sound good, baby Joe? Can you bring that heat on that? Yeah, I can, I can walk, you, walk you through that, break it down for you. Through the perspective. So we'll start when it all began. March of 2020, 2020, not 2019, 2020. Uh, Baby Joe and his buddies were down here in Miami, South Florida for spring break. And I will never forget, like every single day, a different thing would shut down down here. And so they would like go to Fort Lauderdale and then Fort Lauderdale Beach closed down. And then the next day they'd go to Miami Beach and then Miami Beach would close down and then the pools closed down. So they just slowly watched the world shut down and that, I remember you guys all got an email that's like, you're not allowed to go back to back to campus. So talk us through that. What was that like from your perspective? And uh, we'll just start from there and see where we go. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so as Dan said, our spring break was coming around the corner and we had plans to come to Miami. It's going to be a good time. So I can some sunshine, enjoy Miami Beach and everything. 
Um, and the week before we came down, um, the world started to be like, yo, this COVID thing's happening. Um, it's starting to affect America. At that point, it had been you know, running its course in China and Wuhan and everything, but it kind of made its way over here. So we were like, okay, uh, should we go to spring break? Should we not? Um, what, what's that going to look like? Is everything going to be closed? Are we going to do anything? So we, we make it down here, um, decided to go. I was like, you know what? Um, I'm pretty sure with my, my health and age, I should be fine with the with the virus. So I was like, we're gonna go have a good time. Calculated um, risk. Calculated risk, exactly. So we're gonna have a good time. So my buddies drove down here. And yeah, we, we drive through the city, see, drive, come in at night, see it all lit up, see the lights and everything. We're excited for a good time. And as Dan said, we could just see the world shut down before our eyes. I remember we were sitting at the pool um, in his apartment building, sitting there just talking, um, catching catching some sun, um, and a couple guys that we know from our fraternity back at school were like, "Yeah, we're we're leaving Fort Lauderdale right now. We're going home. My parents are making me come home. Um, blah blah blah. Like everyone's everything's closing down, so we're not sure what to do. So we're like, oh, I don't know. Do we leave? And they're like, Nah, we'll we'll assess the situation ourselves tomorrow. So we decided to go to Fort Lauderdale, and that was open. I uh, got to enjoy that for a day. And the next day we wake up, try to hit the beach before we come back to Miami, and there's just police and ATVs running up and down the beach, forcing everyone off the beach. Everything's closed that way. So then we go up to Lauderdale by the sea, which is open for the next day, a little bit further north of Fort Lauderdale. And then the day after that, that closed, and they had to bring it back down here. So it was just kind of crazy seeing everything close before our eyes and kind of seeing how everyone um, back home or wherever they were for spring break kind of uh, enduring different situations and stuff. A um, bunch of people's parents, like I said, made them come home, but we were like, you know what, we're already in Florida. We really wouldn't want to be anywhere else if we had to get stuck somewhere. Um, so we're just kind of living it up until um, my mom finally called me and said, hey, you know what, I don't know what's happening, so you're going to need to come home. Let's leave tomorrow. And I was like, all right, mom, if it makes you feel better, we'll, we'll, we'll head out of here tomorrow and come back to Indiana. But so what was that like from a school perspective? So like, boom semester's canceled you know like it, I mean you still have to do school but you can't go back they did all the the changing and the grading policy and the finals and all that stuff like as someone who experienced I don't want to say normal college but traditional college education and then were in that kind of swath that had to go hybrid what was that like any positives obviously negatives but what were your thoughts on that yeah, no, um, definitely the transition was weird. Um, like you said, we got that email when we were down here that said, you can't come back to campus, we're close to the rest of the semester due to the virus, so we weren't sure how it was gonna look. Our professors were not really prepared for online classes, so it was just kind of a mess. Them figuring out how to transfer all the lectures online, um, then figuring out how to upload all assignments and make sure we could submit those online, finish up group projects online. It was just all, all sorts of a mess. And to add to that, Purdue was switching um, uh, services from Blackboard to our new platform for our education on Brightspace this year. So they had just sold a lot of their server space or didn't buy enough server space to handle all the live stream of classes. So a lot of my professors didn't even post lectures or anything. They just kind of posted their slides and said, if you have questions, email me. <laughs> and so it was just really weird, just kind of lost the actual education part and more so just, you know, making sure to get all your work done. And that's kind of what it switched to. And then they switched it to pass fail on all the classes, which was, I, I think, the biggest positive. So the professors kind of mailed it in in terms of how they taught and so we mailed it in as well as students and it was a good balance and we could take the pass fail and you know just kind of figure it out from there but yeah it was just kind of a weird transition no one was ready for it but we just had to make do and obviously lost a lot of the social aspect of of college and all all, all the fun things you could do on campus which which is a bummer but yeah so it was, it was weird but you know kind of figured itself out eventually but yeah so we'll just parlay that that's when all the like internships 
and summer stuff got canceled. So do you know a bunch of people who lost internships? What was that like? What was, do people feel like they missed out? Are they less prepared? Do you think that that's gonna have a negative impact on people in your class going into the workforce? Mm. Yeah, so um, a lot of internships, a lot of people who I know, their internship just got moved to virtual. So that's kind of what my situation was, working this summer for SC Johnson. Um, it wasn't a big deal in that sense. Obviously, wish it could be in Milwaukee, but I do know of probably about 10 or 15% of my friends with internships lost those internships. A lot of those companies just kind of like, hey, there's something we can do about that. Some of the companies like, we can't do an internship, but we'll give you some sort of um, compensation and then offer you a full-time job afterwards, which is kind of a nice uh, situation to have there. So I think there is a lot of a lot of change in that sense. Uh, I think a lot of people, like I said, um, kind of were able to do it virtually, so they didn't really lose too much or lose too much ground in, in terms of their career. But I do, I do think those people who lost those internships definitely were put on the back foot a little bit, had to switch up their summer plans. Then also, um, from a preparedness level, I think um, getting that summer internship virtual kind of gets, gets us ready for this work from home life, which seems to be kind of the new normal right now, uh, which I think is was, was huge for us. But also, I think um, prepared in terms of are a little bit less prepared in terms of knowledge because a lot of people I know kind of, like I said, mailed it in in classes and have been because a lot of it's been virtual. So it's a lot more just checking the boxes and a lot less learning. Um, but again, you can learn a lot on the job. So I don't think that's a huge deal, but it's a, li a little bit different. In that do you sense. think the internship experience was less than it could have been because it was? it's more difficult to... I guess catch people up on the fly like you're only at an internship for 12 weeks or 10 weeks right right do you think it was more difficult to get interns up to speed to where they were doing value-add work and that kind of minimized your experience or on the flip side like you guys are very tech savvy it was probably an easier transition than some of the full-time employees who had a real struggle with the virtual transition yeah I think I think you lost a lot or a fair amount with it being virtual, but I think in a lot of the transition that we saw going virtual, we experienced that that last bit of the semester in college, so we were kind of already on that virtual mindset, so different than full-time employees who kind of had to drop everything in their job and learn that way. We were kind of used to that work from home or just kind of virtual setting, so the internship wasn't too different. Um, kind of adjusting in that sense, but I do think you lost a lot of ability to obviously, you know, network and, and grow in the office and, and, and get to know people on a personal level or face-to-face -face interaction and stuff, and which is a bummer. And also, a lot of internships is really just doing those fun activities with other interns and with the class of interns and kind of getting to see what the company's about or um, getting to see the city in which you might work, what kind of fun things are there. So you definitely lost a lot of that. Um, my internship tried to fill that with a couple of virtual um, Zoom activities, which were just a complete waste of time, but they, they tried, so I really appreciated that. But it was just virtual tours of- Talk about the painting. You did a wine and canvas, but you weren't 21, so you did canvas. Yeah, that was funny. That was that was actually a fun one. They sent us this big box of uh, a canvas and then painting supplies, and they're like, all right, hop on the Zoom of 3.30 on Friday, and we're gonna just paint get some wine if you're of age. We'll drink a little bit, we'll paint a little bit. So I was like, this is really stupid. But then I hop on there, um, I started getting into it, doing a little Bob Ross um, happy trees on there. So it was, it was kind of fun, but that was kind of the most exciting thing we did as an internship <laughs> class. Wine and canvas. Wine and canvas, but uh, it was good enough for my mom to take a couple pictures of me with my painting. So I felt, I felt like I accomplished something there, so. Yeah, dude, how was living at home during COVID? Well, I was here and 
sunny Miami, chilling, vibing. You got had to live at home with mom and dad and the sisters. Yeah, it was it was something. I mean, um, yeah. So both both of our sisters were at home at the time. They were transitioning to different phases of life too, and then I was stuck home from college and it was just kind of a full house, which was good. Um, could interact with people, but also just like not what I wanted to have happen my my junior year of college. So it was it was a uh, it was a good and a bad. It's good to see them and hang out with them. Played way too many board games, but there's really nothing else to do. So I, I guess we, we made the most of it. But really, when everything was closed and I couldn't do anything besides you know go for a run and sit there and talk to mom while she cooked dinner and then play board <laughs> games. It was not the most exciting thing, especially when Dan's down here in Miami. Uh, send me pictures of him on the boat or him doing whatever. So just like, this is sweet. This is awesome. That's my life, just uh, one day at a time. All right. Well, summer ended, and they sent you back to Purdue. Yeah. How was that? Do you think the schools did a good job? Did they overdo it? Um, do you think people missed out by going virtual? Um, what is the landscape of college education right now? Yeah, it's crazy. There's a lot of things. Um, I think, just to start off, I think Purdue's done a good job with everything. Um, they, they check the boxes they need to check and make sure if you, you know, positive or, or at risk or whatever, they, they take care of you, you quarantine and everything like that. But they don't seem to be into everyone's business too much and let us make decisions as people who are not um, at, super at risk in terms of the, the virus itself. So I think they've done a good job balancing everything um, from our perspective. But college as a whole is it's obviously way different. Um, you know, we had the option to choose to go virtual or to go in person. Um, I chose in person, but that means I'm allowed to just be on campus, but I don't have to, any classes I have to go to. Everything's just <laughs> Zoom anyway. So there's really no difference between the two. But it's just nice to be able to be around people and hang out with people. Um, that's the biggest thing. Um, yeah, so just kind of all over the place. I don't think you really lose anything being virtual. I think the ideal situation or what, what I wish I would have done looking back was gone the virtual route, um, but just moved into my apartment on campus and that would have been the best of both worlds and I'm to deal with too much in person. But again, like I said, nothing really happens in person anyway in terms of academics. So yeah, it's a good balance and, and everything like that. Um, I don't know. It, it was a, it was tough to start the semester though. They Purdue was kind of on everyone's case. If you had more than like 10 people um, in like a parking lot or something, um, they would they would either call the West Lafayette Police Department or just say something to you. <laughs> Snitches. They, they would come up and be like, all right, we need to disperse. Uh, a couple of guys in my apartment complex got suspended from Purdue because they had like 10 people over at their apartment inside. And then they appealed it and they're back and everything, so that's fine. But we were worried at first and then once they kind of got the uh, the people, people to make an example of in terms of how to handle yourself during the virus and stuff, they kind of relaxed a little bit. And like I said, they've, they've been pretty pretty solid in terms of how they handled it. And um, our positivity rate isn't too high. People are, you know, fighting things pretty well. And, you know, schools keep As a COVID survivor, you can speak to that. Yes, I can. I, I did get the, the scary virus back a few months ago. Um, it was my birthday, actually. So <laughs> we were hanging out, um, went to Harry's. It was a great day. I come back, wake up the next morning, uh, or a couple days later, I'm like, hmm, I'm sick. And then my, my buddy who uh, had, had gone home to play in a hockey tournament is like, yeah, I just tested positive and I hung out with them all day. I was like, this is awesome. So I was down for the count for a couple days. Felt like I had the flu in, in the cold for a little bit, um, but fought through it and was fine. Just quarantined for 10 days. And then I've been immune for the last two and a half months. He's free. So I'm, I'm free of the, the overlords. He lives, he lives fearless. Um, so a big, like you said, a big part of school is the extracurriculars, is the sports, is the activities and the socially, socialization and the socializing. 
uh, does it really stink not having it? I think that's a layup of a question, but what are they doing to get around that to still have those kind of co- like value add, the things that make college college and the reason why you want to be there? Yeah. No, I think I think I can approach this a couple ways. So first of all, in terms of extracurricular, like through either Craner or the university itself, um, those events have kind of all switched to virtual. Um, so the organization that I'm in, SMEF, and Daniel was in back in his heyday, we just we meet virtually, haven't had any events at the career fair virtually. So that's um, definitely not as value add. I'm definitely missing a lot in that sense. Um, in terms of sports, I mean, Purdue's still playing, playing, so we get to watch that. That's fun. But no, no tailgates, no students in the stands, or no people in the stands at all. So that's a bummer. Um, but I mean, they've done a few things like movie night in Ross Aid Stadium. They play a. Did you go? No, I didn't go to movie night in Ross Aid Stadium. <laughs> but they put put on a projector and they had people wearing masks watching the movies. So, I mean, they try to do things to incorporate everyone. But uh, from like a social side of things, um, you know, restaurants, bars, things like that are open. Um, you know, six people to a table, masks and everything. You know, keeping your distance, following all the guidelines and everything. So that's been that's been fun to be able to interact with people that way, and then. Um, just kind of, you know, build through, through the network you built over the first three years of college, you know, still have a good amount of people to hang out with and um, have a good time despite not really having the activities to uh, rally around. So yeah. it's been a, it's been up and down, but we're still having a good time making the most of it for sure. I, I can't really imagine what it's like for the people who are high school seniors and college freshmen. They're just going to be jacked up forever. It must be terrible. Uh, they, they always walk around. They just seem so sad because, you know, they live in the in the student housing. They have to have their mask on 24-7 everything. <laughs> they just, like, walk around campus, just look kind of depressed and everything. So, I mean, I think they're having a good time with it, again, like I said, making the most of it. But they've definitely had a screwed up last two, uh, last two semesters for sure. So, wow. All right, last thing, college-focused. Um... How was finding a job? We talked a couple weeks ago to a recruiter, so he talked through the recruiting side of the business, the corporate side of virtual recruiting, but Mm -hmm. as a student, talk about the, you know, recruitment process and finding a job in 2020 where the market, you know, we had 15% unemployment, it's now down to six, but just the nonsense all the factors against everybody um, in trying to find a job currently in the job market. Yeah, no, that was definitely the the biggest struggle so far this semester and definitely the thing I was worried about most going into the semester. Um, but I think overall it's panned out fairly well. I mean, uh, like I said, I'm part of the, the organization that puts on the career fair from the student side, so um, there's a little bit of an issue kind of setting things up in the beginning, but a lot of it was just done through a, through a platform um, and kind of job postings and then the two days of the career fair it was virtually joined zoom zoom sessions and things like that so it ran fairly smoothly i think the biggest thing um, obviously is the lack of face-to-face interaction um, having the in-person career fair it, it allows you to um, make that strong first impression and kind of you know have small conversations small talk if you will with the recruiter and then go from there and kind of pursue the job in that sense um, so that was missing so that was hard to kind of get your foot in the door um, so i kind of what i found out was a lot of it was resume reliant um, a lot of my friends with strong resumes got a lot of opportunities for interviews. Um, I got a lot of opportunities for interviews. I have a fairly strong resume, I think, myself as well. So I think a lot of it was more resume um, reliant, kind of what have you done and kind of what where that experience uh, lies or kind of what, what you can show on paper, which I think isn't everything. But I think it's kind of hard to, you know, like I said, make that impression. So it, it had to be the, the thing this year. So um, 
having a strong resume kind of def definitely helped me in that sense. So just kind of working on that and being able to, once you get that opportunity to, to shine through Zoom, again, I'm sure everyone's had Zoom calls, Teams calls, things like that. So um, it's it's not the same, but it's, it's possible. So just kind of balancing that and being prepared and kind of going out and applying for a lot of different positions and then having that strong resume and making a good first impression where you can. I think I think that was what it was about. And being able to do that was definitely hard to figure out the, the best strategy to do it. But once you kind of got a good groove and kind of made that happen, it was able to, you were able to find a lot of uh, companies who are still hiring and um, find jobs and opportunities for sure. Yep. So do you think the way that students had to adapt and prepare uh, for these virtual events, virtual interviews, do you think that some students are gonna like enjoy that more and they're not gonna wanna do in-person things? Or do you think from a student perspective, people are gonna want to be, you know, back to pre-COVID uh, recruiting process? I think with a lot of things in life, people want to get back to where things were. I think that's pretty a pretty safe assumption across the board. With a lot of people I interact with, they, they feel the same way. I think there definitely is that niche or that group of people who kind of enjoy the virtual setting or a little bit less people-oriented or want to uh, interact with people a little bit less. So they definitely can find um, strengths in that. And like I said, if they had that strong resume, but maybe not the best, um, interpersonal skills, I think they can shine in that sense. So um, I think there are some who who like the way it's gone or kind of appreciated how it was this year. But I think the majority of people that I know or people I talk to want to go back to the go back to the normal uh, or pre-COVID way of recruiting and uh, kind of life in general. So we're kind of ready to get back in in that way. Right on, right on. Well, with that being said, he did get a job with a nice company. Mm -hmm. Going to be a, a Chicago guy. Um, a lot of capitalists in Chicago, they'll take care of you, hopefully. Um, but any final thoughts, any, any big objectives for senior year, or are you just mailing it in, you're done, college is over, workforce, here you come? No, I think the, the biggest objective was getting that job and kind of hopefully doing that in the first semester in the first round, so didn't have to worry about it after that. So I kind of checked that one off the list, and like you said, kind of mailing it in, you know, passing classes, doing well, putting the effort forward, but not worrying or stressing too much about it um, the last semester, and just kind of enjoying college as much as you can when things are a little bit different than they have in the past. But that's kind of the goal going forward, and things are, things are looking good for the future and excited about where I'm at, so. You know, you'll love to hear it. You'll love to hear it. This right here, friends, is nepotism as it's fine at its finest. Baby Joe, in the flesh, uh, dude. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for spending the uh, week crashing on my couch. A couple adventures down in Key West. Uh, everyone loves a good rum runner. If you do, or Seven Mile Bridge, you should go check that out. Uh, Capitalist Key West, hit it up. But uh, guys, thanks for following along. Like I said. It's weird times, weird holiday season, but we still produce the Cap content. So uh, follow along at Cap19 on Instagram, www.thecorporateamericaproject.com. All the gas you ever need. Um, but guys, stick around. We got two, I believe, two more episodes this year. We're going to wrap up 2020 strong. So thank you again for your support. And, uh, you know, let's do it again sometime soon.